Hello and welcome to What Our Point Weekly, where we bring together a variety of perspectives to discuss the biggest stories of the week. Please, if you like what you hear, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Today is Thursday, December 8th. Everyone plus one is joining us today. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hey, everyone. Theo, can you say hi? Oh, you want to see who that is? How about, can you say hi to all the friends? Hi. Hello, Theo. How are you? Why does that friend look a little different? Yeah. I don't know. He's just a silly friend. His name is Nicholas. <laughs> you look different, Nick? No, I think Nick looks... I don't know. He's just looking at Nick going, why that friend different? Uh, I've gained a little bit of weight in my face. I, I don't know. <laughs> Brutal. Wow, Theo. Okay. So let's start with uh, what's the... T- today's news is that Brittany Griner is finally released. I guess Nick has been our main correspondent on this story. On the ground. Talking about Victor Bout this entire time. What are your thoughts? I assume you're you're angry that Paul Whelan hasn't come home as well. Yeah, I feel like they should have gotten both of them out. I mean, it's these are tough negotiations. I'm glad Brittany's coming home, but I think Victor Victor Bout, I mean, I don't he is a bad apple. But anyway, it's 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 always uh it's always rough with these exchanges, but I think he's been in prison for a decade, so I don't know. Kind of well, it just seems like the Russians had all the leverage, right? It was just basic like negotiation. They were gonna send Brittany Griner to a prison camp. She was like a work camp. It seemed like that was an escalation to force the administration's hand, and it's not like uh, yeah. they could really do anything else but bring her home at that point. It's, it's we just positive we just news. Victor Bout to Guantanamo or something? Oh, yeah, that's true. A tit for tat. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, I'm saying even even finding, I mean, they kind of arbitrarily detain people. We don't arbitrarily detain people. Victor Bout was convicted of arms trafficking. But, I mean, there's always the possibility of rounding up a few Russians here and there in the U.S. who are causing trouble. And I don't know. I mean, Elena Bronner is this other Russian woman who's spying. She was, she's currently detained. So there's there's options, but... Why don't, don't we know. just try to kidnap powerful Russians around the world? I agree with that. It's an unconventional way, but I, I mean, usually we don't do that kind of thing. But Kind of a race to the bottom if you do that, though. That's the problem, right? Yeah, there's always that. Then, like, I every, am... I don't know, American political person that travels abroad is, like, subject. It, okay, yeah. fair. I'm excited but... to read Brittany Griner's definite book that will be coming out about all of this that i'm sure she'll have an interesting perspective on what's been going on i think what other things in the news i was just thinking about what our point and it it is more philosophical i think what i like about what our point it's consistent it's consistently brilliant and it's consistent in a sense that it will never we're on season what season are we on in the podcast six or seven i think (laughs) But it's only been three years. You kind of end. Do we have an interval? Or is it like, I kind of think I like the thought of just doing this in perpetuity. Until... Well, I think maybe uh, there could be breaks, but then we'll always come back. Maybe in if something is figured out when we're in our old age, we'll if still be considered. If something is figured out, like there's no more topics of the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At some point, it'll all just be figured out. Often, I just, it's hard to figure out if there is any point to any of this at all. And then talking to your friends, thinking about what other people might perceive the same things you're going through, that sort of becomes the point. So it's sort of a self-fulfilling podcast is how I see it. Yeah. But yeah, I love seeing you guys. And I miss you when we don't. So it's good to hear you. But soon, that's what I'm saying. This is all a part of our Mind Health Body program. (laughs) <laughs> that we started during COVID and it's now 
Oh, oh, you know, Ellie? it could quickly end the point is if uh, these new chatbots become so right. human, you don't even need to talk to people anymore. Yeah, you can just have scary. like your own internal universe of podcasts perfectly tailored to your opinions. You, I mean, it'd be kind of interesting, right, if they could write the script and then you just have to read them. Because I don't know, they probably can get human voice and read text to in a human voice. I don't know. I haven't really followed that part of it. But you could definitely write the whole podcast past like script People have asked ChatGPT to write plays or scenes from movies, and they all are pretty decent. Mediocre content is in trouble because you can now produce, create it. Do you think that, I mean, in some ways, like, I get criticized by, uh, well, I get criticized not by a large number of people, mostly my mother and, my, and Ellie, but Ellie maybe makes comments about the podcast and about how we, I over-prioritize it at the expense of childcare or dinner. <laughs> That's not a good thing. Or even like maybe sometimes like working on projects or something at work or whatever. And I think the only thing I, I don't prioritize a podcast over is military service and, and uh, having to reschedule I mean, to it. To be fair, Nick, you're frequently walking around or getting coffee or fixing light bulbs while having the yes, podcast. That's so. true. Maybe uh, you're sort of multitasking your priorities a lot in your life. And maybe this is something where you need to just, you know, compartmentalize sometimes. You're right. Maybe there's been times where I've neglected the podcast. Also, I think you should work on serializing your tasks versus paralleling your tasks. I think it's a, a problem that we all face is that we try to parallel our tasks too much. And then it le leads to low focus and low throughput in terms of output. Hmm. We should get Tony Robbins. Chat GPT couldn't drop that knowledge on you now, could it? <laughs> Dan is sensing that there's a void left in the inspo, uh, inspo realm by, by Liver King. Oh, God. <laughs> that's that's really oh, I have an interesting, I have some gossip that is connected to my military service and Liver King. Did I, I, and and forgive the listeners if I've repeated this story. So there was a captain. That, I know it sounds like a dark and stormy night kind of story, but it's not. There was a captain in my little army unit who quit his job, a very stable sales job at Amazon, to move to Texas to become one of Liver King's social media managers. And where was I going with this? So Joe Rogan <laughs> was already exposed, you know, has was sort of saying, oh, that guy is roided up, and there's always denial. But now that Liver King, the... Well, one, I admire Liver King for going to Buckingham Palace after the Queen died and doing curls in front of the palace to, to the delight of a bunch of British police officers who were like, what is this? Um, but <laughs> I feel like this is a scandal. The Washington Post had an article about Liver King. One, how does he not have like a bunch of foodborne illnesses? So, Ben, I don't know if you can comment. Like, let's say if you were to take him at face value and he's eating offal and raw meats and like... Mm. I don't even, does he eat grain or fruit? Uh, I'm not super like, familiar with his diet. How would he not have, if, well, hypothetically, if you were just to eat what he ate, which is like raw meat, offal, mm -hmm. and no fruits or vegetables, I presume he drinks water, but like, how would you not be decrepit and have gout or something or like, in a in a weird, having some type of weird foodborne illness? Uh, the foodborne illnesses, like most foodborne illnesses are picked up in like processing plants. And I think that he has his own like sustainable cattle that he like ranches oh, and takes care of. So those presumably he's getting like very, very fresh stuff that's not being like overly processed and that kind of thing. 
And then the other thing is your body can just kind of acclimate to these things um, gradually over time. You know, if you just start doing it tomorrow, full stop, you'd have all kinds of huge problems. But it, I think this, this whole idea is that he's built up to this lifestyle gradually. Yeah. And, you know, if you do, if you do something gradually enough, then, then you'll be fine. You know, you can get a lot of the various vitamins that you need from organs, you know, like one way, what was it? It was vitamin C, like seal livers, like really high in vitamin C. And so that saved a bunch of British sailors one time when they like ran out of, they were all dying of scurvy. Scurvy, yeah. yeah. Seal liver instead. So you can, you know, find examples of that and probably huh. they'll be pretty, you know, I, I don't imagine going to the bathroom is very pleasant, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, right. Because red meat makes you constipated, right? Or the opposite. It makes you constipated. I think so. I think mm. it impedes peristalsis, but yeah. What is that? What is that medical term? Peristalsis is like the gradual constriction of a tube with muscle around it, basically. So like your esophagus has peristalsis. It's like the the, the series of muscle constrictions to move something along, and then oh, also your your lower your large intestine has as well. Some of that. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to talk about bathroom time all right so wait let's pivot to uh the one topic that we really haven't addressed in the last because we haven't had a podcast recently is the world cup what a fun world cup so far it feels like it's not it has been very unpredictable but then also kind of predictable it seems like the teams that we were talking about are gonna win but uh i don't know ben what are your thoughts so far main storylines what do you think of ronaldo oh well yeah, Ronaldo is, is done. Right. He's been done for a long time. He's trash. Portugal is a top three to five team in the world when they don't play Ronaldo. And you see, like, their performance against Switzerland was the single most impressive performance by any team at the World Cup, in my opinion. And it's all because Ronaldo's on the bench. Like, the last 20 minutes against Uruguay, after Ronaldo got benched, they were also phenomenal. It's been, a, but like, yeah, on, on broader terms, it's been a very exciting World Cup. You know, no team won all three of their group games for the first time in multiple decades. Um, so that was kind of a fun stat. Uh, yeah, so kind of that, even, but, but then, yeah, basically, aside from Morocco, every single round of 16 match was pretty chalky. So we'll see. I mean, it sets up for potentially an incredible semifinal. Um, and even the, the quarter matchups are going to be are going to be pretty great. But. You know, if we get Argentina, Brazil, and France, Portugal as the final four, that would be pretty fucking sick. So my futures are doing pretty well, though. I'm already up a decent amount. Nice. And what are your thoughts on the U.S., Dan? Oh, I I mean, the U.S. has a great future. I think Berhalter, we should move on. But I think he... He succeeded in some ways. Like, his maybe his greatest success was convincing dual national citizens to play for the United States, right? And that's how we had... Uh, Dest, who apparently doesn't speak English that well out there. No, and, he's just a Dutch dude, yeah. Right, which is awesome. And the president of Liberia's son mm-hmm. playing for the United States. Uh, so there was definitely, that that was pretty awesome. But I feel like there were some, some very clear tactical mistakes that were made. Yeah, and I was really impressed by that guy, Adams. He's just yeah, Tyler Adams. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, he's he's like actually the u.s's best player it's on pulisic you know the u.s just basically needs to shore up its depth they need a number nine or they need the manager to realize that playing 
the dude for FC Dallas is not the move against the Netherlands and trying to Oh yeah, like I was trash. Trying to match up the wingbacks was with fullbacks was absolutely insane. Like the US's yeah. main attacking output was through the fullbacks, which just meant that there's no one to actually mark the wingbacks when the Dutch go the other way and you know, the wingbacks had three assists and two goals between them. So yeah. So wait, what are the uh, next games? What's what's on Friday? Tomorrow we have Argentina against the Netherlands. England, France? No, Croatia, Brazil. And then Croatia, Brazil. Brazil. Because they they set this up so that neither neither winner has a rest advantage. So these two teams, so the the winners of the two matches tomorrow play in the semi on Tuesday. Uh, What are your thoughts on Argentina so far? Very rocky tournament. Do you think, uh, I've been hearing whispers that the opening game could have been fixed. Is that possible? Really? I I didn't see those rumors. Um, I think basically Argentina... We're not playing Enzo Fernandez at first, and now they are playing Enzo Fernandez. And I think Enzo Fernandez is the second best midfielder at the entire World Cup after De Bruyne. That kid is that good, um, and he's completely freed up the team. I think the less Di Maria that they've played, the better. Latar Martinez was so bad in the first few games that he's played himself out of the team, and Alvarez has been a, a much better addition and has dovetailed much better with Messi. I, I think that they're still, like, as good as anyone, and I think Messi is still the best player in the world. The Better than Mbappe's, Kylian Mbappe? Yeah. Mbappe, is, it's, it's, it's a close one. Depends on what you value more, but I, I still feel good about my bet on Argentina, but at this point, it's, it's too close to call. You know, if you had to pick any one team right now, you'd probably pick Portugal because they're the easiest round of eight matchup, but they might be, assuming it's like Brazil, Argentina, France, Portugal, Portugal might be the fourth team that you pick then out of those four, if that makes sense. Right. I think we, I think one thing, and we should talk about this, is if France has a nice run to the final, where is Mbappe rank now in terms of GOATs? Like, is he already on a top five list if he delivers two World Cups by 23? Yeah, he'd be very close to that. I mean, he's already passed Pele's World Cup goals by a 23-year-old, because I think he's now scored seven. Is that right? I mean, he's on pace to shatter every record. I wouldn't be surprised if he breaks uh, breaks closest record at some point. He's yeah, he's he's ridiculous, and I find the American commentary to be just so fucking unbearable. Um, some of the idiotic things they're saying, like killing Mbappe, finally showing what he's all about, and blah, 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 bullshit. Yeah. Yeah, some of the coverage is ridiculous. Like the yeah. Chad Ochocinco being a commentator, yeah. at least in the U.S. It's hard not to watch, and especially with stuff like Morocco happening. That was a very fun end of that game. Yeah. The penalty shootout was super exciting. I feel like that keeper got in to the uh, penalty taker's heads. He was doing like yeah. these back and forth little moves. I thought that was smart. No, I, mean, I feel like everyone should it's, do that. It's you, there's been a, there's been a lot of research on penalty t- uh, penalty kicks and what you should be doing. As both a keeper and a taker, and the main thing as a do you want to talk about it because is, was it the Japan game where it was the worst set of penalty yeah. kicks that yeah, I've yeah. ever seen? Like sometimes I used to joke that I could be better at corners than Christian Pulisic, which I think is probably still true. Mm-hmm. And I think I could be better at penalty kicks than the Japanese side, where three of the four were soft duds to the lower left, which I'm just like, what are we doing here? Yeah. yeah. So wait, what uh, is the right strategy then? Or like, what so is the research? So if you're a goalkeeper, the, what you need to do is you need to not be static because what you, what 
happens then is if you're standing really still, it makes it very obvious. And the best penalty takers now are looking at the goalkeeper to pick up on their movement and then just place it the other way, right? Like that's the easiest way to do it. So if you take that option away, then you already are putting more pressure on the taker to essentially have to pick out a spot and try and hit it. And that also makes them more predictable as during when they're running up. So if your keeper establishes that, that you're able to do that, that's a huge advantage. So what Japan was doing is they, Levakovic, I don't think it was doing too much of this, but they essentially walked up and they tried to pick out a spot right away. And they did no effort to disguise it. They didn't made no variance in any of their run-ups. They all took short run-ups too. So you limit the amount of power you get on it. Uh, it was all just exceedingly stupid and, and poorly, poorly thought out. So, yeah. I mean, like I expect we'll see more shootouts. I don't know yeah, why, probably. especially yeah. with the English. Yeah, you would think. Terrible way to end, though, right? I'm just never a fan of the shootouts. No, it's uh, really, I think it's fun. It's exciting. Uh, I think, I think, I think what you do is you put the shootout before extra time, and it's worth half a goal. So then, <laughs> I think you st- I'm still a every 15 minutes you drop a player. Oh, that is 10, a fun idea. Nine, eight, yeah. right? Or every 10 minutes you drop a player in extra time, and then it becomes just open madness. Yeah. That'd be fun. That'd yeah. be fun too. Lots of cramping. Predictions, I guess. Who goes? You, do you think the the four favorites go to the semifinals? Mbappe. <laughs> yeah, probably. I think the one who's most at risk is Argentina. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it seems like the Dutch have very experienced. Like the way that they control they games yeah. is pretty. Yeah. Uh, it's and pretty Dutch. Yeah. Stealthy Dutch and they, always. They, they break a lot of the rules. Like Van Hal just clearly doesn't give a shit. A lot of the sort of axioms of the way you're supposed to play football, the Dutch just kind of ignore. Like, they'll just leave one center back drop way behind the line. They'll essentially leave the midfield completely open because they just don't really care. They're happy to attack and transition with the players they have, and they trust their center backs to, to deal with stuff on their own. So that's kind of interesting. It, it I could see a scenario where that's punished, especially by someone like, you know, fucking Leo Messi who's the best player ever at exploiting space. So it'll be interesting to see if that was like something the Dutch did specifically for the U.S. and for their crappy group, uh, or if it's kind of more of a flaw that will be exposed. <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess you also have to say France are at a bit of risk because England are, you know, like it or not, they're decent enough. Oh, yeah, that'll but, be a great game. They're, yeah. England have scored a ton of goals. Who, yeah, they, they have... scored six against Iran, so... Yeah, true. Like, yeah. Uh, but I think I think Portugal and Brazil are the two who should go through pretty comfortably, especially because both the teams they played against had to play 120 minutes, you know, four days earlier. So what do you think, Dan? What do you think, Nick? Who's going to win? I think Portugal with Ronaldo on the bench is going to win. Right? And it's going to be super sub? That just the best. Like, Not even a super yeah. sub. Like they're just going to his minutes are going to just go down and down. Or the like true most ridiculous thing in the world would be. He is a super sub, and he comes in an extra time and scores a goal. Right, that's how I see it. In happen. like the hundredth yeah. minute, and it's like Ronaldo wins the World Cup. Like, oh my god, that would be so it. hardcore if it was him versus it was Argentina Portugal. Ronaldo coming on in the 80th minute. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, he doesn't even look close to scoring. Like he, the, the only way it looks like he can score now is from the penalty spot. I like I right. can see a scenario He'll end up where, taking like, a penalty to score. Penalty yeah. shootout. Right. Yeah, but and he, then. But they wouldn't bring him on to just take a penalty called off the bench because they have better penalty takers anyways. But, yeah. What do we think of France? Very, very good. Not just their nation. I think a great partner in freedom. 
Yes, I agree. Well, I think it's important to come up on occasion on the podcast to come to an agreement instead of being at each other's you know throats all the time. Okay. So, <laughs> so we want to agree on France. I think they can be kind of haughty, but there's a lot of luxurious and beautiful things that come out of France. I agree. I agree. The Citroën DS is one of my favorite cars. But how how's the team doing? Allez les Bleus, how, how are they doing? I think they're going to win. The French are always one of the most fun teams. And they've always got so many wacky-ass personalities. Yeah, Didier Deschamps deserves a lot of credit for keeping this kind of somewhat tumultuous group together. And he's done a really, really good job. It's kind of like Seth and us. Aw. Tumultuous group. Oh, man, you know what made me laugh really hard is that picture of Giroud and Mbappe hugging each other. Did you see that? Yeah. They look like uh, long-lost lovers finally reunited. Right, staring deeply into their eyes. Cover of a romance. I literally think we're going to win a Pulitzer Prize or like an Emmy <laughs> or whatever. What's, what are the other awards? As Dan like for types his business notes before. <laughs> what award would we get? A Peabody? Uh, definitely for then, breaking news. What's the or, one for... Uh, no, there's a Pulitzer for uh, commentary, so we could win that. episode please tune in next week stay safe and talk to you later